Previously on AMC's The Walking Dead. Mission hasn't changed. We can't go back. We're at war, and retreat means we lose. Every direction is a question. Now we will get through this because we have to. We don't go back. Welcome to PPN's The Pulping Dead. I'm Mike. I'm MB. And I am T-Tendons. That's right. He returns. From the grave. Whistling in the dark. God sent him back since he is one of his many soldiers. I like how you guys don't go by your description names, but I do because I'm that big of a dick. Like (laughs) (laughs) T-Dog. R.I.P. me. Well, Hero, you are a very holy man. I mean... I'm the best of you. Yeah, remember that time, you know, James saved that entire, uh, you know, all those nuns? The entire nunnery. It was burning down in flames, and he went in and saved them one by one, burning his entire body. He held the flames back. He pushed the flames against the wall with his body. Like, I just kicked down the door, ripped open my my shirt, and said, No! James is good! (laughs) And then the Green Goblin was there, and... It, I mean, it became Even like a... Bentley, uh, listen to Pulp Nightmare. Pulp, Pulp Nightmare, Nightmare that won't exist for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Like a month. Yeah. We exist out of time. Oh, anyway, the episode of The Walking Dead we're here to discuss. <laughs> uh, self-help. The episode of season five of The Walking Dead. The, the Walking episode? What? I can remember the episode number. No. Twelve. Might sure, as well, we'll be at Um So this is the episode where way earlier than anybody expected, Eugene came out of the closet. Which I have to say, I keep myself as spoiler-free as far as the books go as I can, so that was completely unexpected on my half. Well, see, I knew about that from the comics, but the shock of it was just how early it came about because you expected that to be... I expected that to be after the mid-season finale. That's how late I expected it. You expect that until, you know, after they actually get to DC slash Andrea. Yeah, and they're not even close to getting to DC yet, so that was kind of a big shocker. And it obviously comes out of a very naturalistic moment, too, which is weird because, like, it's not really set up. It's just more – it's subtly set up in earlier scenes where he's kind of – shown that there are decent people among him and he's kind of opening up to them a little bit. And then friends gets, with that lesbian. Yeah. Like it's just, it's done very well. But at the same time, it's like, I, I, I had no idea that's where it was going. I, I think it was probably a good thing they did it early just because, um, how big of a shaggy dog story would that have been? Yeah, there's there's that. I don't think even people who don't watch the comics kind of figure that Eugene was full of shit anyway. So I, I don't know if it would be a good idea to run that for another full season. Well, I think it would have. I will argue that I think it could have gone on longer. It could have. I think it's better to end it when people still would buy it. Yeah, before it's just going to piss the audience off. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny... Going going into my thoughts on the actual episode as a whole, what fascinated me about this episode is that 
as much as it's set up to be a Eugene episode, this episode is really about Abraham and yeah. his entire character arc. Because you see a lot of flashbacks of Abraham before the like when the crisis first starts happening, when he has his wife and his children, and there's a bunch of stuff going down where he's trying to keep them safe, but they don't want to be saved. Or they, they just kind of want to move on, even though he feels like he has a plan. And he's that man for trying to shave his mustache. <laughs> and they did just watch him beat a man to death with cans. So Yeah, like, like he's completely unhinged, and they, they're horrified by it, so they leave. And, like, he goes through this whole traumatic ordeal, but what you come to realize as his story comes to a fruition is that... Keeping Eugene safe was literally all he had left because the minute Eugene stumbles upon him, he's about to take his life. It's interesting that Abraham himself probably didn't really believe Eugene. It was just something to keep him going, something to focus on. Yeah, I also thought it was an interesting wrinkle that like, this little pseudo-military unit that – Abraham's been commanding is like completely improvised. Yeah. It's like I think Rosita is just a random Latino chick he put, <laughs> he put in a street fighter costume. <laughs> it was also nice to get Rosita, you know, dialogue. Yeah. Finally. And you know, it, it was after you know them being around for so long, it was nice to see, you know, those actual three characters get an episode to themselves. But it's also Going back to the whole arc of Abraham, it's it's also just really, really brings the whole reveal that Eugene was full of crap the entire time to a hold because it's like you see the beginning and the end of Abraham's current predicament, and it's horrifying. It's like the worst possible thing that could happen to him. Yeah, because I mean, go go on. All he had, all he had was the hope. The hope, even even if he knew that Abraham wasn't telling the truth, he had to believe that he was in order to stay with it to yeah. keep himself together. Yeah, and he was barely keeping himself together in this it, episode. He was already starting to lose it. I like how it kind of with showing the flashbacks now, and then with you know the reveal of Eugene at the end, it kind of had this snapback thing where you know when he's about to kill himself, he's there on his knees, and then after Eugene tells him, he falls to his knees. It kind of snaps him right back to. It's like nothing in the middle really ha mattered or happened. Yeah. He's just right back in that moment where he's about to kill himself. Like, there's a lot of really incredibly done subtle touches on this episode that I really enjoyed. Like, this was kind of the episode I was waiting for out of the season, to be honest, because this this is the kind of storytelling that The Walking Dead does best, I think. Yeah. I, I did find uh, the pacing in the episode to be a little weird. I think it was mostly just the quiet scenes with, like, him and Glenn. And... I, I like the scene with him and Glenn. I'm not entirely sure why we didn't need to cut to Maggie and Glenn having a... Similar conversation? Yeah, just a non-conversation. Well, having... Playing there. Just talking about Walking Dead stuff. Yeah, that was a little weird. I mean, it's like, it's good Maggie and Glenn are there, but I know they're big characters. We don't really need to actually spend time with them every single episode, but whatever. Filled out time. Plus, it let's face it, it led to the greatest scene in the entire episode, which is Abraham deciding he needed him some ass. He's going Colonel Guile. 
and by the way, great Sonic way to, Boom! Sonic way Boom! Just... Sonic Boom! <laughs> America! <laughs> oh, Guile wins. <laughs> I should put Guile's theme underneath that. You know that's on YouTube somewhere, that scene with the Guile theme. If not, can someone make that in the sentence? <laughs> My favorite part of this episode is the fact that Tara and Eugene bonded over watching Abraham make sweet love to Rosita. I want more scenes in this show to be scored by Rosita moaning in ecstasy. Just quietly in the background. Like, what an amazing way to reveal that Abraham and Rosita are banging. Just to have it just, well, that's a thing. I like to think that, 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 that was their first time, too. <laughs> like, he just walked in and it happened. Because <laughs> he decided right then and there that he was going to fuck her. He just walked in. Hey, girl. <laughs> just peeled off his shirt. Hulk Hogan style. Oh, Eugene watches like a frightened child. I also like how it's been established that Eugene watches constantly. He's watching again. And does he even try to hide it and they don't care? See, this is what this is what I found fascinating after the reveal at the end of the episode is that it puts the rest of the episode in a completely different context. Where instead of you know this brilliant scientist, you know, not quite understanding how to interact with people, it's just this really horrible dude being a psychopath. <laughs> It's like it, it, it becomes even creepier that he was watching them. Like, it, it, in him just not defending himself. It's like, wow, Eugene's a horrible person. <laughs> Who is this monster they're with? One thing I want to talk about with the episode, though, and in, it seems like now they're getting into the drive of the first half of the season, essentially the idea. I mean, you know, the first half of the last season was, uh, you know, can you come back from the person that you were, etc.? And I think this episode did a good idea of getting the in a better, uh, less sledgehammery way than the last episode did, which was the idea of the survivor hierarchy and how there's not really, you know, with with Eugene and uh, Father Gabriel out there, these people who aren't really fit to survive in the world, but kind of surviving by you know using other people or just you know in, in Gabriel's point, just locking himself away. Because, you know, Abraham tells Glenn that, you know, everybody now just knows how to survive. You know, killing zombies isn't really difficult for them anymore. It's more of just a minor annoyance. Meanwhile, you have a scene with Eugene where he's given a knife and he has no idea what to do with it. He's just constantly looking around. Everyone is just massacring walkers and he's just kind of standing there shaking, not knowing what to do. It's it's. So he uses engineering to take them out. He does get the best zombie-killing scene the show has ever had. Oh, the, the freaking the fire truck scene? Yes, that fucking water cannon against zombies was amazing. I also watched a behind-the-scenes video where they showed uh, that whole sequence, like them setting up all those stunt actors and everything for being hosed down, and they cut to the guy who plays Eugene, and his excitement at getting <laughs> to wield the water <laughs> It's so apparent. I get to have a, an action scene in this show, finally. The detail on that, too, though, was just seeing the flesh rip away as soon as the water hit them. Yeah. They outdid themselves that time. And they, and those were all real stunt people. 
like those those were people in Walker costumes that were extra padded. Uh, I just figured they were, you know, there was some people, but mostly just puppets. Yeah, it was it was all stunt people who were just hit with like kind of a low low pressure stream. Hmm. I think like it, they kind of had a special thing on the actual hose because they did use a real fire truck hose for it. Like they just utilized the fire truck that they actually had. Uh, fucking speaking of puppets, did anybody else notice uh, the corpse from Hellboy? No. Uh, the I don't know if this was intentional or not, but they've done uh, zombie cameos before, so I don't see why. Uh, the zombie that the zombie puppet animatronic that goes through the window of the bus, you know, is stabbed down the glass and it's trying to get Eugene, and then then Tara uh, kills it. Looked exactly like Ivan from Hellboy. Ivan Klevendovich. Yes. You're gonna look in the credits and see him. <laughs> Ivan Klevendovich as the zombie. <laughs> it's good to see that guy getting work after being tossed by that red monkey. <laughs> um, but I, I do like the idea of this season, kind of the you know, because they have gone to the point where, in, in you know, in this kind of way, they're addressing the fact that zombies aren't really the problem anymore, necessarily. It's how to. It's how exactly do you have to lose yourself to be able to cope with it. Yeah, which is something I've been kind of concerned about with this season, which is what the hell the premise of it is. Because <laughs> we got the, you know, everyone assumed that this was just going to be a season based around, you know, uh, Terminus and getting into the cannibal cult and what they're all about. And that was immediately taken care of. So it kind of had me worried as to what what the direction and the theme of this season was going to be. Like if it was going to be the, you know, the second half of season four and just characters walking to a place. Uh, I hope that there's, they're able to explore the themes they've been exploring while still maintaining a forward momentum like the first half of season four was able to do. Yeah. The balancing act kind of thing. Yes. There's one, thing that Walking Dead frequently slips into that a lot of similar shows do, which are the uh, the treadmill plots. Yeah. Where it's just, we have to go from this place to this place. Now let's take an entire season traveling there. Walking Dead's not particularly good at doing two things at once, really. Yeah. yeah. I always get that's something that, as much as I like this show, always frustrates me is you get to a lot of points where it seems like they're almost making it up as they go along, which is baffling since a comic series exists. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's face it, making it up as they go along. That, wasn't that the personification of the Daryl ending? <laughs> I still say that's going to be like they're going to cut back to that and the last episode of the season and Mecca Carol is going to walk out. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to see, um, I mean, I, I like the theme they're going for because it, it plays in the, uh, you know, the tagline of Hunter be hunted finally makes sense. since They immediately <laughs> got rid of the hunters anyway, because you know, that plays into the overarching theme and last, in last episode, the Beth episode, they, you know, they literally had a survivor hierarchy shown. But the uh, the theme's a little bit more subtle than that. It can be played. But I, I some actually knowing what they're doing while this theme's being explored would be nice. 
Yeah, like I said, I worry about us just getting another season of characters walking through the woods while talking about the themes of the show. Yeah, which speaking of which, you you had a couple comments about the settings of this episode. Oh, yeah, Um, where I've seen every road they've been on and stopped at in nearly every other episode. Like the hill – like when they walked over the hill at the end and there was the – you know the herd of zombies out in the town that hill that they stopped on there is that one particular shot and that is uh that one road it's almost the exact same shot i'm not sure why they didn't shoot it differently was from the episode early on last season when they're going to the um the college to get medical supplies that didn't seem familiar and they stopped and there was the big cgi herd right there and apparently that herd did not get far (laughs) <laughs> so it's literally the same road, and most of the roads we see them going down were the ones we were ironically introduced, the roads they were on when we were introduced to Abraham and Eugene and Rosita. I thought that looked exactly <laughs> like that. Well, that's kind I, of the problem. I thought that was intentional. Southern back roads just look like southern back roads. You can't, you can't really make them look any different. Which is why they need to get off the back roads. Yeah, I think I think that's why I got a little more out of Slab Town than either of you guys did. It was as shallow as this sounds, just being happy to see a change of scenery. It was oh, nice God, to be somewhere not else. in the woods. It, it was definitely nice to be somewhere else. This I've said this a thousand times before. The show really needs more budget. As I can't wait for them to get to DC and go. Wow, it's weird how the entire city's gone and are replaced by woods. <laughs> But uh, Rick, actually, it's... Rick builds Alexandria as a treehouse. <laughs> this is my pet tiger. Carl, feed the tiger. Oh, well, feed the tiger. You'll do what you say, Carl. There actually is no tiger there. He's just having another hallucination. God damn it, Rick. Don't <laughs> sit uh... while I'm talking to your mama. He picks up a seashell and talks into it. <laughs> but uh, that's actually a very good segue into uh, – us kind of addressing something, which is how there was no episode of Pulping Dead last week. Long story short, MB and I just didn't want to talk about that. No. We, Honestly, we, we didn't want to do an episode that was completely negative. So. Yeah. Yeah. I Needless to say, Mike and I did not care for that episode. Uh, we just we just didn't have more much more to say than that, so we decided instead of making an entire episode about that, let's just kind of briefly mention that here and just kind of talk about the next episode, which actually looked pretty good. So... Well, the structure of this season confuses me. Yeah, I I just don't know what's going on. Yeah, I I don't understand why they're... I was going to say, it's weird that for the most part, I liked this episode, yet it still left me feeling very cold just because it made me confused as to what this season is and what yeah. it's going to be structurally. Yeah. I, I have been very mixed on the season so far to be honest. Which is weird because there's like uh, we're what, five episodes in? And yeah, we're what, so. four, we're four for five as far as good episodes go with the premiere and the Ballad of Bob being as good as they were. But it's like, we have three more episodes left into the break and I still don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, I it, it just feels like filler for mostly. I'm, I'm. It's very directionless. So yeah, I, it's like again, it's like 
the top half of season four where it's good filler, but it's still just characters wandering around. Well, no, no. Well, I think you meant the bottom half of season That's what four, I but yeah. But uh, the beginning half of season four, you had the stuff with the governor. Yeah, that's when the show had a very clear plan for what it was doing, and yeah, never for an episode felt like it was spinning its wheels. And I have to say, that is something that I'm kind of getting continually worried about with this show, because I'm afraid I'm losing interest, because the stuff I loved about The Walking Dead was, like, the stuff with the governor, like, the, yeah. as far as the comic books. And like, now that that's gone, it's like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose interest, because as good as the stuff sounds after that, it's just not something that sounds like something I'd be particularly gung-ho to get into, like, with the all-out war stuff and all that. Even – Except with Nagan. Nagan is like the one thing I'm looking forward to, but it's like even with the his first th- three episodes being as good as they were, like there's a reason I only paid like fifty percent attention when I was watching Slab Town. It's like there's only like for some reason this show can still be good and still not capture my attention that much. Which I think has all to do with just getting a sense that I'm just watching Something spin its wheels elegantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is entertaining and I'm liking it, but this is somebody dancing around in a circle. And my god, the best episode was spinning its wheels. And even even last night, I found myself trying really hard not to just start looking at my phone. And I, I I, I liked last night's episode, but... It's like... You could only do so many episodes each season of of we arrive at this place and then we sleep there for the night, then we talk about how everything is gone and we don't know what the world is anymore, and then we leave. You can't do every episode as a bottle episode. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when watching it. It's like, so is Walking Dead just going to be an anthology show now? And I actually- have no idea what they're doing until they get to Nagan. And I actually think this is a, a small version, like a one-episode small version of kind of what the problem they've been having for, you know, the season halves, particularly last uh, halves, the, la- the latter half of season four, which is you can't build an entire season or half a season to just getting to the finale you have planned. Like, it felt like this entire episode was just about getting to Eugene saying, I'm not a scientist. And while it was a good episode, but it just felt like that to them, that ending was the plot. So it felt kind of directionless until it actually got there. Yeah, it was it only really kind of made sense in retrospect, because up until then, it was just like, well, let's catch up with the group yeah, you and don't, see what they're up to. You don't really know why you're suddenly getting flashbacks to Abraham's past. Like, you don't know why things like Eugene... Uh, revealing that he was the one that put glass in the uh, gas tank of the bus, causing it to uh, do its dramatic overturn. Which, by, by the way, I I just want to point this out. Walking Dead is a show based in a reality where no other cars are ever on the road except for the like the protagonist cars. Yet they somehow find ways to flip cars every time. That bus flips so easily. I, I've said this. Uh, I said this just when we were watching. I sent you the text. If you ever find yourself in a movie or TV show, MB, just don't get into a vehicle. Just don't do it. 
because those motherfuckers just flip like that. You know what happened to Lori. I, I, I guarantee you by the end of season six, we'll have seen a car chase on this show. <laughs> with the gan? No, with a car driven by a walker. <laughs> oh! oh, God. <laughs> How terrifying would that be? That walker also happens to be from another movie. <laughs> it's Aaron Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. It's like nobody saw Need for Speed, so that could have been the plot. You don't know. Well, that's what that's what happened. That's what happened. He's got he's got Walker, uh, Walker. Skinny Pete, Walker, Skinny Pete in there. Well, Skinny Pete just keeps saying, "I ain't dead, man." Uh, Try Ty, Tyrese doesn't believe him and just beats him to death. <laughs> While still saying he doesn't want to do it, I think Tyrese actually is the perfect personification of the problem with Walking Dead, which is they don't want to let things go. No, and also, well, we need storyline, so Tyrese doesn't like killing people. Which is something they've done with so many characters on the show. Something they just did with Tyrese last year. I don't understand anymore. Even though one of his first appearances was him nearly beating Rick to dust. <laughs> it's 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 weird. I still don't really understand why. It's like this episode has a cliffhanger, essentially. But one we're still not going to see for a while. Because we're back on the Beth train. But another facet of that story... Well, we're just jumping around time in weird ways. And- yeah, I still don't get why. Like, when I watched that promo, I was like, why isn't this the episode that happened before we got to the hospital with Beth? Like, that might have actually made the Beth episode better if it were built up to a little bit instead of just being this random thing that just happened as a bottle episode. Why anything? I always use this as an example. The other episode of the last season of Breaking Bad where um- – you know, the, the episode right before ends with Jesse about to burn down Walt's house. Spoilers. Next he can't, episode, can't, can't, can't run away with it. <laughs> and um, it's Carl talking about Rick. Um, <laughs> and Daryl just just points his bow at him. We'll get him another way, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> and the episode actually dealing with that, you know, has Walt coming home and then, you know, deals with Walt's side. And then it goes back in time and then tells Jesse's story. And it's all in one concealed episode and goes through the entire story in, you know, 52 minutes. The Walking Dead would somehow split that up into, like, four episodes. The Walking Dead would split that up into half a season. I still think Walking Dead functioned at its best in the first season, where they just had six episodes. There's too many goddamn episodes, yeah. That is a succinct fucking season, if you go back and watch it. It really is. Well, they nearly had it down in season three, I think, because they had, like, they had managed to do, for all of season three's faults, I would say that pacing is not one of them, no, except when it came so. for Andrea. Like, because season three, they at least had the stuff for the governor and Woodbury to fill the episodes. Yeah, they had, they had a like, world to explore. Yeah. Uh, they had a breakneck pace to it, and that made it a lot more tolerable than it would have been otherwise, and... 
Yeah, well, season three, they were jamming, like, two seasons' worth of storylines into 13 episodes. Well, unfortunately, that's what I think Gimple... I think that's his kind of weakness as a showrunner so far, is that his pacing is... Methodical, but to a fault, honestly. To a big fault, I think, honestly. Because season four came pretty close, but the second half... Was just so insanely slow. It it had the problem was it had no payoff to make it work. Even less of a payoff now because the terminus guys are dead. <laughs> That's I mean I I do agree with you on some level that it was cool to do something unexpected and just kill the terminus guys off. And I really love the scene where Rick does. But when you go back and think about the fact that we spent half a season <laughs> building to that. Yeah. And then that's the payoff. It's like, I am kind of pissed off about that. Or even from a storytelling standpoint, it kind of makes you scratch your head because it's like the thing they were building towards was one more disappointment. Yeah. Oh, Oh, no, everything is gone. Well, think about the. Yeah, well, that's kind of a problem with the overall story structure of this show. Uh, We go somewhere. It gets destroyed. We have to move on. Uh, But when you even just think about the cliffhanger ending for season four you've deleted with the wrong people um and then immediately cuts to then you immediately cut to them the premiere they're getting ready to fight back and then they're tear gassed and then they're taken in they're about to be killed and carol saves them all yeah which just makes rick seem terrible they fucked with the wrong people oh god no (laughs) it's just it's so weird when you think about it penguin no Just, it makes him makes the badassery seem so empty. I think that's honestly why I had such a big problem with the first episode, like the premiere, because that's what I because that's what I wanted out of it, and it's like that's that's I think that's why we kind of had opposing views on it because I wanted what we didn't get, and you were happy with what we did get. But I, that's I, just I, the, I really love the, the weird... premiere, but I I do think it I still expected it to go more than one more episode. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been fine with just half a season of them being stalked by the cannibal group. That would have been an interesting dynamic with them on the run from somebody. Of course, we did get, I mean, the amazing Bob scenes out of it, so I guess there was... (laughs) I mean, those three episodes, I, I, you know, they're fine and compact, but then it's like after it's over, it doesn't feel like they... It feels like we're already past the first half of season four, and we're already in the second half of season four. It's like this show. If it feels like the best, like they have the three Sherlock episodes they really want to do, and then there's just filler, and then a finale. Yeah, but at least with which the first is, half of season four, they still had the rise of the governor storyline to play off of. Yeah, which was done so incredibly. Like, everything about that, the pacing, the payoff, everything was just so right. And like, that's that's what really got me on the side of the show again. And they did it in six, six episodes. Yeah, and it's weird to hear Gimple say, you know, every six episodes of the series is going to, you know, re six or how many episodes he said, the series is going to reinvent itself and be different. But it's like, you think that means the pacing is a lot quicker? And it's more, you know, serialized, but I still, I don't feel the drive. Like, it seems like the only thing we're really going to, I mean, obviously, whatever's going to happen with the Beth stuff, whatever. That exciting. Gone is an arc villain. 
The only thing we're really getting out of it, I assume, seems to be the character of Noah, who my theory still is, since he mentioned uh, Alexandria, essentially, that that's why they're going to go to Alexandria now, that Eugene's given them no reason to actually go to D.C. Uh, and giving his name's Noah, I still say his uncle's going to turn out to be Ezekiel. That just makes sense. You're just saying that because he's black. Yes. But um <laughs> by the way, just go to that episode for a minute. How amazing was it to see everybody hates Chris show up? <laughs> Post firestorm. It's like, oh my god, he's still alive. Yes, they didn't kill him after that show went off the air. <laughs> and he just looks exactly the same but taller. It's really weird. He looks like he's photoshopped. Can we just I, I do want to talk about Noah for a minute. Just as much as I didn't like Slabtown. Every scene with that dude was gold. I, yeah, love I that really character. hope he sticks around. Yeah, he was really good. He has a very different uh, sensibility to him that you don't really see with any of the other characters. Yeah. It's like, it's the same thing. Like, as like down as that character was in that episode, he didn't seem to wallow in his own pathos like the other characters do. Yeah, he's not an optimism. Yeah, like, that's what I really liked about Tara whenever she was introduced. It's like, okay, there's one character on this show who isn't tormented. Oh, the sorrow, the sorrow. And that was it can be a little old after a while. And that was the greatness of Bob. Exactly. Bob knew the positivity of life. He was the spirit of positivity. <laughs> and he was so high. <laughs> Just so, so high. So fucking high, man. I ordained me! <laughs> but, um... Anyway, whenever T-10 is on, we just talk about the show in general. Yeah. I'm it philosophical is, like that. Well, it is good to kind of examine the show as a whole every once in a while, because I, I did have a lot of issues that I wanted to get off my chest as far as the show is going so far, because I do fear for my interest waning as it goes along because it's already kind of gotten that way. And I just don't want it. I just, I don't want walking dead to not be a part of my life. And, and even watching, you know, this episode after slab town, my interest did kind of go, all right. Yeah. Cause it was just so early to have already a down point. I yeah. felt so it was just sort of, and that down of a point. And as much as I love the show, I still recognize it has really glaring issues. At five season in, five seasons in, and it still really hasn't quite figured out how to shed away from it. And what's scary is that we're so far in that, for all we know, this could be the we could have already passed the peak. Like there, there's no telling if it's gonna actually get past its issues and become what it always could have been. Yeah. So that's kind of worrying. But the thing that worries me about this show is. Right now, it's amazing that this show has captured people's imaginations, like, as a country, for as long as it has. Most shows people seem to really care about for, like, two years, and then they lose all interest. It's like this and Game of Thrones are the two things that have managed to, like, survive being a meme. But I worry whenever that's going to break and the attention goes away from this show, that's when... Without the spotlight on it, things are going to start to slip. Amy MC is going to give them less money, so 
even more woods, the zombies start looking like shit, and then everything's just going to fall apart from there. Uh, can the show stand on its own two legs without an obsessive fan base? And I don't want to see Andrew Lincoln go through that. <laughs> I don't want to see that actor tortured anymore. I don't want to see this show get cheaper. Because as ridiculously expensive as this show is, they're still in the woods. It's like, I still love the church in the middle of the woods, and we're just to assume there's a town right in eye shots. We just don't look over there. <laughs> it's like, they used to actually make the woods a little bit more interesting looking. Like, they used to come across things more often. Uh, remember, uh, when they, remember in season four when it was a big deal that Carl and Rick found a town? In fact, they went to a neighborhood and... And that was like a whole thing, but then... Back to the that, woods. Yeah. It's like the the only change was there's train tracks now. My favorite moment is still... In the second half of season four, I talked about this. Um, fucking the random episode of Sasha just not wanting to keep going because drama. And Sasha stopping and going, look, over there. We're not going to pan over there, but I'm talking about something and just trust me. Over there is a perfect place to make a shelter. There's a town right there. Why don't we go over there right off camera <laughs> and make a shelter there? I want Sasha to keep bringing that up. Like, we could have went to that town. You know that town. We saw it. It had a Ferris wheel. <laughs> <laughs> there was a haunted house. It had a meatpacking plant. Did you see the ocean that town had? There was an Eiffel Tower. Its own Eiffel Tower. And then once you get, and then when they actually went to that building, it was all shot at very deliberate angles and very close to the to the one building she went into, which had nothing in it. And what's funny is that they shoot on location. So it's not like, oh, it's just well, they the just... same location over. Yeah. <laughs> which is weird, because it's like, you watch Breaking oh. Bad and Mad Men, it's not like they're just in a warehouse every episode. Well, the problem is they have to uh, make everything into the apocalypse. Which does take a lot of money, arguably, but considering the fucking advertising money AMC gets for this show, they could pony up a few extra dollars to set dress a couple things. Like, the last big thing they had was when they built the prison. Like, what happened to more shit like or that? Wood, or Woodbury. Yeah, Woodbury. And to be fair, Woodbury has been every town they've yeah, ever shot in. You saw Woodbury like it. again. It wasn't amazing that Houston looked exactly like Woodbury. In the also, I just, I just want to point out in Slabtown, that scene of them on the rooftop with Atlanta in the background being the fakest looking thing I have ever seen. Atlanta also show. looking nothing like Atlanta has looked like previously in the show. Atlanta wasn't previously bombed out like that. <laughs> that confused me. Like, was there was there an alien invasion? <laughs> Like I assume when they when they talked about bombing the city that it was like they name palmed it or something. Like they, it just looks like they just shot rockets at random buildings all of a sudden. Hey, we don't know what the governor did on his fucking <laughs> path of destruction. After <laughs> oh, he did not want that city. God, the the budget showed on last night's episode though. Just I should not be able to recognize. Uh, back roads as well as I've been able to recognize them now. Also, I do love how they just put leaves everywhere, despite the fact it's the middle of the summer. 
Like, I mean, that's just budget that's just wasted right there. <laughs> like, well, there's not leaves everywhere. Stop doing that. <laughs> Everything's green. Stop it. You had to pay Robert Kirkman to throw those leaves around. <laughs> Rick's just pouring leaves everywhere. Ah! <laughs> drown! Drown in nature! <laughs> just foaming at the mouth. Oh. Dad, no. You can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> Tyrese just steps out. Jesus! <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, I think yeah, we've, we've, we've gone wrong long, long enough. Yeah, that ten minutes idea I had went out the window pretty quickly. Uh, so this has been this episode of The Pulping Dead, talking about everything. I've been Mike. I've been One-Legged Envy. And I've been T-Tendence Hero. R.I.P., Bob. Jenner loves. I still miss Bob. <laughs> he reminded me of the value of itching. <laughs> Shane was right.